Hello and welcome to the AIM Sisters podcast. You're here again with your host, Anna and Maria Sering, bringing you your favorite twin talk of the week. This week's topic is something spooky and wonderful. We're going to talk about something that is very close to our hearts and is related to paranormal activity and holistic healing and how all this connects to our spirituality and this path and journey of self-development. Yes, I hope you're interested about this. And if you have any spooky stories, we would love to hear your story as well. Um, I think we can start talking about some paranormal activities that we've experienced when we were children. What do you think? And that's going to be great because uh, it's kind of a ghost story. I don't know if you guys are interested in that, but we love those things. <laughs> Okay, you can go ahead. As long as they're not scary. Because I think in our case, we never really had a very scary experience. It was not like an evil spirit or anything, I believe. Um, but when we were children, um, we were quite sensitive to energies and to things. And we were quite, um, we had a quite open channel, I'll say. Yeah. Um, so... I remember when I was a child, I used to see a woman in my room, mm. specifically in my room. And she usually was standing by the window and we could just see her back. She had a long hair, wavy long hair, wearing a dress. And she was always looking, you know, like facing the window. And we never really saw her face. Until one day, only one day, she turned and she looked at me and she had this red eyes. But I don't know, um, as a child, nobody had really spoken to me anything about ghosts or having any, you know, supernatural experience. So for me, it was kind of normal. I just recognized her presence there. I wasn't feeling scared or anything. Um, but I knew I, I shouldn't get too close to her, you know, mm -hmm. just leave her there and everything would be okay. And the funny part of that story is that my sister, she also mm -hmm. saw the same person. And we didn't talk about seeing this ghost or this apparition, anything you want to call, until we were a little older. So by the time we saw that spirit, we, we didn't say to each other. So it was not like just my imagination because she also saw the same person. She had the same experience, I'd say. Yeah, because I think we were about six years old or seven maximum. And we both saw the same person in the same spot. And we, all, we always had the same feeling like we shouldn't uh, interact with her. Even we just acknowledge her existence and respect her space, sort of speak. And years later, I shared with you, like, you know what? Like, actually, I used to see this ghost spirit in your room. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I, I used to see her as well. So I think this was like the first paranormal experience we had. And that was like a confirmation for both of us that we actually saw the spirit because it wasn't just like me describing exactly the same person and all the characteristics matched so well 
So we got to be like, oh my gosh, is it really yeah. possible to see ghosts? Because my sis- as my sister was saying, we grew up in a very like Catholic environment because our grandmother in my father's side of the family, she's Portuguese and she was very like, you need to go to church, you need to pray every day and all those things. So no one really talked about anything supernatural, but we always had this deep interest in all those things. Although my father had some stories about witches, you remember? Oh yeah, the witches one, yeah. It was was like grandpa's. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. His grandfather back in Portugal, right? Portugal, I think. I think so, yeah. He used to see witches making their rituals like a coven like in a coven yeah i don't know ritual (laughs) um a gathering of witches and he remembers that story and he told i guess my grandma and my grandma told me told my dad and i think it's very interesting it is Um, also the story of the ball of fire you remember yeah but i don't know if it's period guiding Because this ball of fire in the cemetery actually has a scientific explanation for that. Mm-hmm. Because of the gas of the bodies, um, while they're being decomposed, they release some gas that it's easily inflammable. So, I mean, I don't think they're, those balls of fire were really like a supernatural thing, but who knows? Could have I been, mean, right? What is... A supernatural metaphysical and what is real you know everything is together i think everything is real there's no such division no binaries i'd say Mm -hmm. the division is really what to decide to believe and what kind of dimension you decide to tap in because you can see as much as your mind allows you and that's it i feel um we would also like to say that growing up like as children we had a very imaginative childhood we used to go like people would just say like oh they were very creative and this and that but honestly i feel we really kind of lived in a different dimension because we believed in yeah we believed in fairies and elementals and gnomes and um we knew that existed good and bad in this world we didn't it was kind of this inner knowledge like there are good good forces and bad forces in this planet and in the universe, actually. And the funny part is that no one really told us about any of those things. So I wonder how we came up with that. And like, I guess it was just also, like an inner knowing. We just yeah. knew those things existed. And I don't even think we lived in a different dimension or a different, you know, I think we could tap into those different dimensions, you know, <laughs> dimension shifting, <laughs> um, yeah. you know maybe changing our vibration and being able to interact with those uh, creatures that people think they're not real, but actually they they are, I believe they are. Because I think children are really special because they're not like pre-programmed to believe in one thing or another. So they just feel and they just see the world through their like innocent eyes, I suppose. And we were mentioning that it was only when people start telling us like, oh, this is imagination, like the fairies you talk about, they're not real. Or I don't know, the ghost you saw is not real and all those things. We 
learn that to fit in with other kids, fit in in school, in society in general, we had to kind of block those gifts and block all the opening we had to supernatural experiences because they were not allowed, they were not welcomed in this rational world we live in. And like yeah. gifts of being like a bit of psychic ability that everyone has, but not everyone wants to connect to that. It was just like really suppressed. So it's like a really long journey to actually go back and connect to all those natural gifts we were born with. I totally agree. And I think it's more like um, we learn not to express this, this side of us almost like by punishment, you know. Um, you know, it's kind of a repression. And not I'm not saying that people bullied us because of that, but I think we kind of knew that if we behaved in a certain way, people would think we were strange and we wouldn't fit in. And that's why we had to um, adapt, but not in a very inclusive way, I'd say. We don't allow things that are not considered normal to be part of our everyday life. And But I think we had a very good experience when we were children because we, we allowed ourselves to just exist and just interact with everything that we encountered. Um, I'm not saying only like people, but energies and nature and animals and everything, every single thing was like a miracle and a gift. And, you know, we all always had this super wild imagination. Mm. So I remember we were uh, kids and we had um, many trees around our house, but every time a leaf would fall down in our room, like through the window, we would be super excited and take that leaf yeah. and say, oh, it's a message from the universe. It's a map. Yeah, we yes. used to believe there were war between planets and you had to save the world and the galaxies and all those things. <laughs> and those little leaves that fell down through a window, they were the kind of the messages. You know, mm -hmm. that's your next mission. That's what you have to do to save the the world or to save the earth. Because we even drew like maps from the um, solar system and those yeah. planets are good. I mean, they are... Ruled good energies are ruling yeah. them and these others they are being you know ruled by negative forces or bad energies i don't know where we, we how we invented that but it makes sense for me now you know yeah. there's a lot of kind of conspiracy theories that talk about those stuff that we knew when we were children so exactly exactly even like the, the planet earth now kind of being invaded by bad energies and life workers needing to, you know, fight back. It's kind of what we were imaginarily doing mm -hmm. uh, without knowing. <laughs> it was very yeah. interesting. It's very interesting. And also, like, we used to play this game that is basically like you take a branch of a tree and you have to, like, wave it in the air three times and then a portal would open and it was a portal to a different dimension. And when we jumped into that dimension, we could, we had like a task and we need to save something. And we had time to do that because like there were the bad portal things. The would close and, and we wouldn't be able to come back. Yeah. 
we would be stuck in the other dimension. So that was the kind of things we used to play when we were young. So you had to like rush, do the task you needed to do, and then you close the portal and you break the portal like and throw it away. So it, no one can ever open that again and we're safe. And I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> Honestly. Yes, and I mean, if you believe, I do believe that you can, you know, go to other dimensions and you can open portals. Maybe some people think it's very weird, the concept, but for me, it's very real. And, mm -hmm. you know, how, how on earth we both could see the same things? We would interact with beings, with creatures, with monsters and everything as if it was like in front of us. The yeah, same imagine way. AI. It was not like I was seeing the green monster and my sister was seeing the purple monster. No, we would see the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. I think it's just like you, you can tap into a different, like into how things are interacting in this world because I feel our reality is layered and you can just jump, kind of shift your perception of things and connect to that level and then come back to the 3D world that you were living in before. But as we get older, we just learn to live in the 3D because it's how we learn to interact with people. So I remember like being this open channel kind of thing is was a good thing and a bad thing, a blessing and a curse because when we had to go to school, for example, oh my gosh, that was like nightmare, literally a nightmare because it wasn't because the kids were mean or anything like that. It was just the environment. We could feel it in our bodies so strongly, the just like bad, negative, repressive energy. And they're trying to shape kids to be in a certain way. And I remember we would feel sick, literally sick, like wanting to throw up and stuff. So people had to call my parents and like, hey, your daughter is not feeling okay. Can you pick her up? And then my parents would come and I would like literally give one step out of school and then I'll feel okay. All the sickness that I was feeling would go away immediately. So people always tell like, oh, she's lying. Of course she's not sick. How can you just step out of school and feel better? Some people might say like it was psychological stuff, but it, in my opinion, it was more an energetic level because we would feel this not only in school, but in different situations. So when people came to visit our home that had this bad negative vibe, we would pick, pick it up immediately. And when we were very young, the reaction would be crying because mm -hmm. that's what kids know how to do. They know how to express what they're feeling and they, they cannot run away from the space because it's socially unacceptable. So they have to stay in that negative space and being the energetic sponge that you are as kids, you, you don't learn how to set your boundaries and don't let the, the negative vibe come to you. So you just have to endure. And I feel that this constantly enduring of negative things makes you numb. And that's how we're living nowadays, most people, just numb. Yeah, and I think especially parents sometimes they don't realize it, but when you're pushing the, the boundaries of the kid, you know, like even saying, oh, go hug that person, kiss that person. You know, if the kid is not feeling like that, you know, especially us, that we were very sensitive to energy. It's kind of like disrespecting our boundaries. And then we don't know. We don't know if it's something that we should just 
you know, just accept and do whatever people, grown-ups are telling, or if we have to keep up with what we are feeling, and then we realize that we cannot resist them because they are older than us, than us and have power, mm -hmm. and we end up just numbing out, like you said, because I, I cannot feel it because I feel so bad that I get sick. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was not like only school. Sometimes we would go to some people's houses and we would come back home and cry, 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 cry a lot because yes. we just, you know, absorbed all that bad energy that was in that place. And we had no real explanation for that, only that we felt super drained and emotionally overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And that's like six years old, people. We're not talking about like when you feel drained nowadays. It's like, can you imagine a child reacting this strongly? Of course, our parents got scared sometimes. Like, did something happen to you at that place? <laughs> like, no, just don't like the vibe. I just don't like the energy. It's hard to explain. And I feel nowadays, like, kids are so sensitive. And we need to give them more space and need to listen to them more. And But I understand that not all parents are aware of, like, energetic things. So they don't even know how to deal with that. Sometimes they just diagnose kids with, like, psychological issues. Because, oh, he's hyperactive, or he's this, or she's that. And sometimes it's not the case. We're just drugging kids <laughs> or put them to sleep, you know. That's so bad. And do you want to talk about the thing you were telling me earlier about the article? Okay, explain to them. It's super interesting. Yeah, I was um, telling my sister that We, we can notice that when kids are uh, raised in an environment, especially kids that are very sensitive, as we say now, to energy and to, you know, supernatural influences, so to say, um, they tend to be more stressed and they tend to be more anxious. And I think it's very interesting how what we call the, you know, spiritual world And all these experiences, they really relate to our biological body and to our physical experiences that can be tested. But somehow people don't, are, don't do a really good job in connecting those both worlds that exist, coexist. They're not like one or the other. So like I saw a very interesting study when I was um, having a class about maternal and child health. And they were saying that children that they have ACEs, which is which uh, is like adverse childhood experiences, they tend to have uh, social emotional skill deaths and also developmental delay risks. And I mean, numbing out and all that, it's like a social emotional skill that you didn't really learn. And sometimes it can be too anxious or like socially anxious. You cannot really deal with situations. And also, um, There was um, a study with rats that showed that, you know, cortisol is a stress hormone. And usually most people, when they wake up, they have a peak of cortisol and then the cortisol levels go down and the person feels fine. But for kids who have suffered some bad experiences during childhood, like neglection or violence or you know, one of the parents had a mental disorder or anything. Sometimes 
it happens that their cortisol levels continue to be high all the time, which I think it was our case because our cortisol level is always high. Yeah. And cortisol, when they're high all the time, it's, it, it damages your brain, actually. And in this rat study that I saw, it was showing that there was a, one rat that was very nurturing and this rat would lick its uh, offspring. So the offspring turned out to be also very nurturing um, mothers when they had their offspring. And the other one, uh, the mother was um, neglecting them and not licking them. And the rest turned out to be anxious and stressed. And they also had this behavior of not being nurturing to their offspring. And the interesting thing is that it is not genetic. You know, if your mom... Uh, is non-nurturing, you're going to be non-nurturing. It's not in your genes. It's actually epigenetics. So it matters who raised you, not who is your mom. Because epigenetics is just like a gene expression because of your environment. So it means that if you're raised in an environment that gives you a lot of care, probably you're going to be... a normal child your cortisol levels are going to be okay you're not going to be more prone to depression anxiety and all that um, on the other hand if you like most people have experienced some kind of trauma or had some challenges during your childhood even though we were very privileged compared to some people we also had some aces you know um but i think it's also important to explain that those traumas, they don't need to be huge things. Usually they are normalized by our society because usually we have parents that have to go to work. They don't have time to spend with children. So sometimes we internalize that as neglect just when our parents are not there because they need to work. So you might feel this disconnection or when kids, they cannot like... Have this bonding time with your with the mom or with the dad or the caretaker. They just need some kind of parental figure or caring figure in their lives to and, and like household dysfunction. What is household dysfunction? Many things can be a household dysfunction. If your parents get divorced, if your parents have depression, if you have only one parent, it can be also a dysfunction. And the person has to work and also take care of the kids. So I think most people have faced some kind of ACE, you know, the adverse childhood experience. And most of us are prone to that. The good thing is that actually, because the cortisol level that I was talking about is um, a modification of your expression of your genes, you can turn this back. They can go back to normal. But That's it takes great news. Yeah, it takes effort. And there are some drugs that do that, but no one wants to be to have injections of drugs in their brains, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, no. Thank you. So yeah. I was I remember I got to know that I had a high cortisol level when I was I mean, we became vegetarians and sometimes vegan for since we we're very young. So our parents they was they used to take us to nutritionists and just to make like general medical examination to see if all the levels of blood tests and stuff were okay. And the cortisol level appeared super high. And the doctor was like, 
what's going on with you? Like, you're so young. You're not supposed to have this level of stress at this young age. And I was like, I don't know. And apparently, I always had a very high level of cortisol. And even not traditional biomedicine, but we used to go to this acupuncture place. And he, the practitioner used to see your tongue. Because in Chinese medicine, you can see like what's bad in your body, what's not working properly, just seeing the tongue. And our tongue, my tongue actually, usually it was very swollen or had red spots or things like that. So this is also a sign of anxiety. But this is like constant for me. It wasn't just like one day or another. I was like that. For me, it was like always. So yeah, something is wrong. But I think holistic healing and many practices we learned throughout our journey really helped us. So I think you can talk a little bit about that. So people yeah. know that they can change their cortisol levels and they can change change things from their epigenetics and all that stuff. You're not ruined for life, people. We all had troubled childhoods. <laughs> yeah, I think especially for us that we recognize that we had those um, different experiences during our childhood, you know, even, you know, like even seeing things and all that. It makes us even more prone to have this escapism mindset. I mean, while we were growing up, from seeing a magical world, we changed that to, you know, read fictional books, to reading novels. Yeah. This was our escapism. And seeing this, entering this different dimension, this different reality. Um, but I think nowadays, you know, adulthood, it's more difficult to keep up with those coping mechanisms of mm -hmm. having to escape reality because that's it you know it's a coping mechanism reality seems to work too hard and you know you did something else and I think being more aware of that um what I've what I've done nowadays is like practicing yoga yoga helped me a lot to be more embodied and feel grounded you know to don't stay all the time in my head and up here but to feel down here as well like I have a body <laughs> which is weird for some people but it's true for me I think I spent me and my sister we spent a lot of time just thinking and studying and no, doing things with our heads <laughs> and we don't spend enough time you know appreciating this physical body that we have but we are incarnated for a reason. So we have to also include that in our lives. That's all I kind think, of weird for some people, I think. <laughs> I think it's important to, like, when you learn about the chakra system, that is the energetic points in your body, you learn that some people have hyperactive, like root chakra or sacral chakra, or like lower body chakras, which will make or them feel more grounded, for sure. So those people usually don't have trouble like feeling embodied or feeling good in their own physical sense, but they might have trouble meditating. They might have trouble staying in their heads for too long or trying to abstract thinking or all those things that involve imagination or even analytical things because it's in the mind, so upper body. But some people have very hyperactive like throat chakra or crown chakra etc so those people I wouldn't say hyperactive like activated <laughs> no I mean 
they're stuck in this part. So they yeah. forget that they also have the lower part of their bodies to take care and that they have like basic needs in this material world. And it's important to connect both of them. So yeah, for me, my sister is always like up in our heads all the time, which is sometimes crazy. That's why I've been really conscious since last year trying to do things about embodiment and actually feeling safe and comfortable in my own body. And I think for women, sometimes they might have problems with that because in our society, women's body are very sexualized and they are also commercialized and all those things, which cause us to reject our own bodies. Most of us, not many of us, especially if you go like, if you have a path that caused you trauma in relation to that, or if you're really like studying all the time and you don't, you don't feel comfortable coming back to see who you really are and you're more comfortable with your ideas and your thoughts. And also this feeling of separation that we have that we think like, oh, intellectual is better or more valuable or precious than the physical aspects of life. And it's like really coming back and finding balance in all those things. And I think it's important, since you mentioned um, considering the mind more important than the body, it's important to, to notice that usually men are associated with the mind and the rationality. And women are related to the body and to physical mm -hmm. experiences like, you know, touch and senses. And I think this binary is also show us um, the society we're living, you know. So people give more value or who have more power now, a man. That's why we associate the mind, the rationality as something good, as something that we should um Pray have all the time yeah mm. and the body's like oh it's obvious everyone have a body but no mm. it's not i mean especially for us we we have been actively trying to be embodied and to embrace our feminine side because our energy masculine energy was um overpowering our feminine energy for a while so you know for some people it's not they don't think actively about oh do i have more feminine energy or masculine energy because we both we have both everyone has both but for us it came to a point that was like obvious that we yeah. had a lot of masculine energy the way we thought the way we behaved and it needed to be balanced out so we would feel you know we would even have a better health like physical health because I think, I think some of the problems that I had with my hormones are related to that as well, energetically. Um, yeah. Everything is related. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why the path of holistic healing and spirituality has been helping us a lot. And just for you guys to know, like, actually no one really introduced us to all those practices and all those beliefs and all those things. Like we said, we came from kind of a traditional family. So no one really had any interest in that. So I think it would be a good idea for us to explain like from the beginning, how it all started, this journey that is like a lifetime journey. Um, okay, so in Brazil, we have what is called faith healers or benzedeiras, if you're listening and you're Brazilian, you know what we're talking about. 
So those are usually women, like middle-aged women, that practice kind of a spiritual Catholicism because they include figures and images from Catholic Church into a spiritual practice. And it's usually helping everyone if you have like a bad, like evil eye or something is not feeling good in your body or if you went to the doctor, they couldn't find what's wrong with you, but you still don't feel okay. People usually go to faith healers. And our mom took us there for the first time when we were pretty young. And it was kind of a scary experience, in my opinion, because the place was dark and she was in a rush, that woman. And she was like touching us, like, let's see what's wrong with you. And she said we kind of had an evil eye or something. Our legs were not straight, something like that. Yeah, the legs were also not straight. I don't know what she meant by that. It was not like literal, I think. Yeah. And she made us drink this holy water with a piece of coal inside. So like the bitter taste of coal, I remember very clearly. So I think that was the first non-traditional experience we had. And we didn't really care much about that because we were like seven years old probably and then later on in life I started to get I found out like when I was able to surf the internet I think by that time I was seven years old we were like oh the service will protect me I don't care yeah <laughs> I don't need you in your prayers woman the fairies will protect me what you're talking about <laughs> no to the fairies yeah let's see who they're yeah, like to together <laughs> well I'm protected it's like that I almost had wings myself. (laughs) (laughs) But I think when I grew a little bit, I started to watch a lot of videos about astrology. So I found a YouTube channel like Lada, Astrolada, and that's where I learned astrology. And nowadays I even like do my friend's birth chart and all that stuff. It's super cool. But it was like more than a decade learning about astrology like slowly. We're not professional astrologers or anything, but we kind of have a basic knowledge and we know about the transits. And I started to make sense of my own reality and understand myself through realizing my birth chart. It's better Same. than any personality test you're ever going to take. I guess It's better than a psychologist. <laughs> yeah. You understand? Because- I mean, I don't know if it's better, but it's another way of understanding yourself. Because just looking at the chart, you can know, like your life purpose you can know what is your style of communication what is your style of loving what is your style of like expressing yourself feeling etc so it's great but i think the most important thing about learning astrology for me was self-acceptance as we talked in the last episode because Mm. um i was like i understand now that there is there are a lot of ways that people can express their feelings that they can feel things that they can relate to people, that they can do, you know, all those different areas, 12 different areas in their chart. Yeah. And acknowledging that diversity is also giving me permission to be who I am and not having Mm -hmm. to be like other people who I thought were the model, so to say. That's a good point because my friends, they asked me once, like, oh, you always ask people like their birthdays and stuff like, but seeing their birth charts and knowing their like signs and stuff does that influence you to how you perceive people and i thought about it i was like actually no 
not in I like I don't judge people by their whatever is written on their chart. Actually, that helps me to understand how they think and how they process their own information. So I don't make misunderstandings because the way I express myself might be completely opposite from someone that has a different sign. And knowing that they will express themselves in that way actually helps me to accept the way they really are and not trying to impose my own worldview into someone else. I'm just laughing laughing? because... (laughs) You said, oh, I don't judge anyone by their birth chart. And then I imagine you saying like, oh, you have a bad Pluto position. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have to say when they have like hard aspects, right? You don't want to lie to your friends. It's not a judgment. It's not a judgment. I'm just warning. This Saturn Pluto thing is not going to work very well. (laughs) Just warning you. (laughs) Yeah. And after astrology, we got to know tarot. And psychic reading. Hand in hand. Dear Carleen, she was the first one I think we got to learn about tarot reading and psychic reading. We had a reading from her. It was amazing. And the tarot teaches so much about archetypes that we can... It's not like a literal thing, but you can really use tarot to understand your life situations because you kind of channel your energy when you're doing a reading for yourself or other people and i think tarot is amazing because you not only learn about the archetypes which was something i was not aware of but also you recognize all these different aspects of life and like even the death card i'm not afraid of that it's just like a transformation and also i think using tarot i started recognizing that i am also someone who is capable of doing that and I have an intuition and I Mm -hmm. should listen to it you know it's not like picking random cards if I got this card it has a meaning it has a purpose um it's not random so I think it allowed me and can allow people to trust in themselves more and trust that they're being guided and that they can receive messages by themselves and you should follow your intuition it's really empowering because tarot is really about intuition indeed because when you get a spread of cards that's a storyline and the way you're going to interpret that story is really based on how you're feeling and what you know in the moment that's why it's a different story every time you can get the same spread for a different person and two different people they're going to have two different stories because they have different lives you know, so oracle cards are beautiful. You can collect them. They're super pretty. <laughs> and after that, I think we found out like acupuncture and Reiki. You want to explain? Because you did the Reiki training. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a, a short Reiki training. It was really interesting. It was really nice. And it's a, a type of energy Japanese energy healing and I think most people know about it but it's just like hand positioning over the body you don't don't have to touch anyone you can just like from a distance project your energy into them and they have some kind of symbols that activate this energy and then you repeat some words in your head while seeing that symbol and then it's quite interesting because your hands, they get hot 
it's I mean my hands are really cold all the time and when I start doing this my hands get really warm it's really impressive I was really oh my goodness it's real like I have a physical the energy is coming the energy is coming yeah and you have to open your channel to the divine energy so to say so the master the Heiki master um invites you for this initiation process and they open your channel and then you can start channeling this energy to heal other people and yourself and the interesting part about Heiki is that usually people who are very sensitive to energy they feel very drained easily so you think oh if I am projecting my energy to another person I'm gonna feel drained because they're taking my energy but no actually it's the opposite with Heiki every time you practice that you are energizing yourself as well. Mm. You're, you're functioning as a channel so you can heal other people, but you're also healing yourself. So it's like recharging you. It's really amazing. Um, I don't practice it a lot. I should, I should you know, practice it more and learn more about Every, that. Mm. Short experience with Heiki was really, really nice. I highly recommend to everyone. The first time I had it was together with acupuncture. And oh my gosh, that was like really trippy. amazing. It was trippy. It was like psychedelic experience, honestly. Because maybe because we're open to energy, but I remember I was lying down and he put like the stones, like first the needles for the acupuncture and then like gemstones. some gemstones on some spots in my body. And then he would place his hands to do the healing part and it starts from the head so when he placed his hands close to my forehead my gosh like my eyes were closed but I could feel like color and shapes and size swirling around like tripping I was like what's going on I was like pink and golden and this and that and all I was having like this euphoric feeling like just laying down like all the energy coming at me and then when he moved his head, his hands like from the third eye place to the throat, the vision kind of faded and I could feel the energy shifting to another part of my body. But because it's not close to the brain, maybe or close to our third eye, I couldn't feel like the whole uh, visual experience anymore. Just like I could feel in my body. I could, my body could tell me where the energy was entering. And that was amazing. So actually see, this very strong impression just happened at the first time. Other times that I did this kind of healing, I didn't feel so trippy, but <laughs> I recommend. I think it was because we kind of had this ability when we were very young and then it was blocked out. And it was the first time that we had contact okay. with energy again, energy mm -hmm. activation and all that. So that's why it was so intense. Uh, for me, it was a little bit different, but it was also like very visual. Some people they don't don't have this visual thing, but they feel other things. But I also saw different colors depending where his hand was over my body. Um, it was really really interesting. Every time he moved, I saw a different color. Um, Did it follow the colors of chakras or no? I'm not sure because at that time I didn't really know all the chakra colors, but I believe so. I mean, since I didn't know, I don't remember if, if you fit it or not. But I think so. It's really interesting. Yeah. And then 
because of uh, like this color and energy projection, you can also actually see people's auras. And if you pay attention, I know some people are gonna think we're crazy, but oh, and to this point, if you don't think we're crazy, thank you very much. Welcome to the team. No, welcome to the channel. Welcome to the team. Just one thing: if you're seeing us on YouTube and you can see your aura, please comment down below. What do you see? What color do you see? Yeah, I'm curious. Yes. Some people can see even through videos, but if you want to try to see the color of your aura yourself, what you can do is like put your hand like in a white background, kind of a arm length from you. And then you start looking at the edge of your palm or the corner of your arm or something like that. And don't focus exactly on your hand or the wall, but the space in between. Let your eyes relax. And when... And like, please don't try to blink, just like relax your eyes. And you're going to try to, you're going to start seeing kind of this energetic space in between. That is like your energy from your body projecting outside of you. And if you pay close attention, you can start seeing colors. I saw my parents aura color, my sisters, my own, and the color can change. And each color represents something different. So I remember very quick exercise. Really interesting one time that i saw the aura of a person but it was not uh i didn't try it was not on purpose i was having a meeting with my professor uh, some years ago <laughs> and i was like concentrated what almost he was saying and suddenly i was kind of like feeling a little bit lightheaded and i started seeing this blue thing around him <laughs> oh wow it's not funny. i started seeing a blue uh, light around him. I was like, am I crazy? <laughs> no. And then I realized, oh, maybe it was his aura. <laughs> Probably, yes. I was just yeah. like, oh, my head is so light. What's going on? I'm trying to concentrate here. And suddenly, <laughs> What color is your aura? Like, when you could see it? It's kind of blue. Last time I tried. But for me, it's not so natural. I don't know. Like, I cannot see one person and, and instantly say, oh, your aura is this color. Yeah, I need to pay attention as well, like, concentrate. It's not so natural. Maybe with time, it will improve. <laughs> um, another interesting thing that I remember when I was young and I started listening things about uh, spirit guides. And... I was really intrigued by the concept of a spirit guide. It's like a guardian angel. If you're from like Catholic background, probably heard of it. Um, so the thing is pretty much the belief that on the spiritual realm, you kind of have spirits or angels or people taking care of you. It can be your ancestors. Many religions do believe in that, that your ancestors are with you. But spirit guides don't necessarily need to be your blood-related ancestors. They can be just your soul family and they are taking care of you all the time, basically. So I remember I tried a meditation to contact, to get like first contact with my spirit guide when I was young. And I remember sitting down on the floor of my room and just like closing my eyes, breathing in and like, okay, I'm ready to meet you. Like, you're allowed to come in. You're allowed to express yourself. Please, if you're here with me, 
let me feel it in my arm. And I remember I felt like very strongly on my shoulder, my left shoulder, like this pressure, like a hand on my shoulder. And I was like, okay. I was like, are you like a female or a male energy? And then when I thought about each one, I could, when was the right answer, I could feel in my body. And so it was like a very bodily experience, not because when we think about it spiritual, we might think, oh, a dream or I don't know, something more but ephemeral. I think the, your spirit guide will talk to you in a way that you will understand. Yeah, you, and know, you need if to you're scared allow it. it. Probably yeah. it won't show up. But if you need a physical sensation, then you're going to have it. If you need visual, if you need a sign, you know, you can ask for different things. And I had, so I kind of got an idea of who my spirit guide was, or at least the main spirit guide, because I think most of us have more than one, like spiritual protection. There's many spirits, more spirits than incarnated people. So you have a very powerful bodyguard on the other side, taking care of us. We're never alone. And I had other experiences when I did the psychic reading and past life regression, I got a confirmation in both readings about the same spirit that was with me. And I was like, this is amazing. And all of them said, so yeah, this is the confirmation. That's her. And it was a female energy with me. And I actually, in the past life regression, I got to see who the person was when I lived a life with her. And yeah. Amazing. It's amazing. Everything I didn't connected. have the chance yet to really know who my spirit guides are. Because... When I tried, it was really confusing <laughs> when I had my reading because there were there were like a lot of people trying to come in and people who had passed away in our family trying to give messages to other people, you know, so it was kind of crowded. <laughs> so I'm not sure. The channel was Maybe, crowded. Yes, the channeling was a little bit crowded. Everyone wants to talk, but uh, maybe one day I'm going to be able to know my spirit guide as well. I really hope so. I think Yes, it will for sure. And I think we should explain to our listeners or viewers what like past life regression is. Most people, I mean, some people never heard of it before. And we're just, uh, just a brief comment about spirit guides. I think one very interesting thing about spirit guides is that they can change during your lifetime, depending on what you need or what experience you're, you're passing through. For, so for example, if you're pregnant and you're going to have a baby, maybe your spirit guide who was like a male in a past life can change to a very nurturing and mother, motherly figure who can support you in this first experience as a mother or other situations as well, which is very interesting, you know, how you have really a, a support team, yeah. many uh, spirits and souls here to guide us because this is a challenge. It's a big challenge coming here and incarnating and yeah, if having you think all those about earthy, earthly experiences. Yeah. We need to lower our vibration so much just to be in this physical dimension. And if you, it's true. And if you, I mean, some people might think we're going too far now, but hold on with us. I promise it's cool. Um, some people say like you have your higher self, right? So many people believe that when you incarnate in this world, you don't incarnate fully. Like your soul is only, 
like a slice of your actual size of your soul. And what is in here can connect to your higher self. And actually your higher self, that is your the bigger part of your soul that knows the bigger purpose and why you had to incarnate this time, why you're going through the situations and the struggles you're going through. That's the biggest level of connection you can have. That's why meditation is so good because you actually channel that back into you and you get back in your purpose, not really trying to get external like support so much, but you can find it within yourself. And also before we talked about embodiment, and it's really important to, you know, have space for your soul to incarnate, <laughs> to for your soul to be inside your body. Even if it's just like, like a little part of your soul, um, you have to welcome it in. Otherwise, it's going to be like trying to stay here, but not really being able because you're not a, you're not being in a vessel. Mm-hmm. Yes. You deserve, like, me and my sister, we were talking about this, how important it is for everyone to acknowledge that they deserve to be in this planet. They deserve to be incarnated. They deserve to have a body and have this life experience. Sometimes we feel too apologetic about even existing. And this is not right. You have a soul, you have a body. You're beautiful. You deserve to be living in this. And life is pretty precious. So feel comfortable in your skin. Allow yourself to be here, to occupy the space you do in this world, right? So I think we should go back to the topic we're talking, like past life regression, so people understand what you're actually referring to. Sure. Um, can, can you explain a little bit? Okay. So um, many religions many cultures do believe in past lives and multiple lives so if you come from eastern culture probably heard of it before about karma and all those things and your soul evolves through incarnation the funny thing about western perspective of multiple lives and incarnation is that in the u.s at least they remove the part that you can incarnate as an animal which i think is funny (laughs) because Each culture just adapts to what fits them better, I feel. But in general, it's just this belief that your soul is eternal and this life experience is one in multiple. And each time you incarnate, because you need to learn a lesson and you need, or you're here to help other people, but you have a mission. And past life regression is pretty much a hypnosis technique that can bring you back memories from other lives and other moments in history that you've been through and kind of unblocking what happened. So past life regression, there is a lot like Brian Ways and many other famous doctors, they, you can find, they usually are psychologists or psychiatrists that are starting to use hypnosis to treat their, their patients because they couldn't find the root cause of traumas or like Emotional disturbances they had, nothing that came to their minds was actually the root cause. So through hypnosis, actually some patients regressed into a different time that was not this lifetime. And they found that they had this extreme fear, for example, of water because they drowned in a past life and that's how they died. So their body and their soul still remembers the fear of drowning. Or 
if you have a very hard relationship with women, it might be because something happened in a past life that you've been really badly hurt by someone like a female or many, even somatic issues sometimes, they go back to times that are not this lifetime. So a lot not of people count, use this for healing. Not to count the vows that we made in past lives and we carry okay. on. <laughs> That's vows a whole another issue. Vows of, I don't know. How and everything yeah of um not eating and then in this lifetime you gain a lot of weight or you cannot keep your weight you just keep losing weight because you had some kind of contract with that in a past life yeah i mean an example like the poverty vow for example if you lived in a culture that's like if you're rich that's something bad and even like christian background is like jesus had this extremely hard life yeah. and poor life and that's the way to gain salvation and you made a vow in that life that you're going to leave as his disciple or something and now in this life you don't even remember what you said you're not even in that culture anymore but you still have problems with your finances it might be because you didn't break the vow you made in a past life or so i think past life regression is wonderful thing for you to understand yourself better and your mission in this lifetime And one curious thing that I find is that when you have your past life regression, most of us lived multiple lives. So, of course, not all lives will come jumping at you. But the one who is the most important for you to understand something in your life in that moment. That's, like, that's why you can come back to those types of healing sessions multiple times throughout your life. And different memories will come up. Although when I had my session, I think I saw things from different lives. Yeah, me too. But I mean, you had only one life story that was complete, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah same for me. So I, another thing that I learned from that experience, actually, I had my past life regression right before I came to Korea for the first time. And that gave me courage to do whatever I needed because... Every time I felt belittled or that I didn't have power to do something, I just remind myself, girl, you lived so many lives. You've been through so much. Your soul is so much wiser than this. You can do whatever you want. You have the power and the strength to go through this lifetime. So just reminding myself what I've been gives me courage to be who I am, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You don't feel just a 20-year-old girl in your team, you know. You feel more capable. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to try past lives, we encourage that. Everyone that we know had a really nice experience. It's not... Because sometimes people are scared that they're going to see their death and... It's only going to be painful and this and that. You might see your death, but everything comes to a bigger understanding. So don't feel scared of But I mean, everyone, everyone needs to do all this in their own time. Yes, of course. Um, time. We also had some other experiences, like with shamanic healing. And yes. what else? We had some other experiences with holistic healing, but I think 
if you guys are interested, let us know and then we can share like more personal experiences that we had with holistic healing. And we are not studying about that, which is really interesting. Um, yes. And don't forget if you saw any like ghost story that you think is nice or interesting and you want to share with us, please do so. We would love to hear your story or someone else's that you want to share. Um, Before we wrap up, I think I would just like to give a shout out to Tessa who gave us the shamanic healing experience. She's a lovely soul. We can explain more about shamanic healing if you're interested. And she practices the Kiro and Inca medicine school tradition, even though she lives in Australia. So I just wanted to thank her for that. And we can explain better if you want. And she also has like free kind of Zoom meetings that she gives, like bands of power that we did last time. And we experienced right of the womb. And so many other beautiful experiences that you don't actually need to pay and you can enter the world of holistic healing. And like my sister was saying, our master's degree is, our thesis are about holistic healing, but from the medical uh, global health perspective and mine is from anthropological perspective, which I'm pretty excited to conclude sometime soon. <laughs> so yeah, if you're listening, to us on YouTube, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Leave us a comment. If you're listening on podcasts, thank you so much for listening. And if you can leave a review, it would be great. Um, and let us know what you want to listen in the next episode. Thank you very much. Don't forget to check out our website or Instagram page and see you next week. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. And goodbye. goodbye.